1: wherever you listen.
0: Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was June 4th, 1932. In a military rebellion that began on this day, the Chilean Air Force, under the command of Colonel Marmaduke Grove, forced President Juan Esteban Montero Rodriguez from power. The Socialist Republic of Chile was formed, though it was very short-lived. The Great Depression hit Chile hard. The value of copper and nitrate exports from the country declined substantially. Thousands of workers lost their jobs in nitrate fields. Imports also declined significantly. And crops from the 1931 and 1932 harvests had failed. The government tried to spread unemployed people out from the north by building albergues, or temporary housing in urban areas. But Chile did not have the resources to provide so much assistance. Afraid that having so many unemployed people concentrated in urban areas would cause conflict, government officials began kicking unemployed people out of cities. Workers and university students protested the forced evictions by striking in July of 1931. They demanded President Carlos Ibanez out and called for a return to constitutional democracy. Police officers killed more than 10 people during the demonstrations. On July 26th, after the government remained indecisive on the issue and student unrest in Santiago continued, Ibañez resigned and took off to the U.S. Embassy. Ibañez's replacement, the president of the Senate, also resigned, and Juan Esteban Montero of the Conservative Party became provisional president. In October of 1931, Montero was elected president with 64 percent of the vote. In the midst of all the economic and political instability, Montero attempted to revive the country's devastated economy. But the crisis was so severe that the government's attempts did not work. Currency depreciated and inflation went up. In April of 1932, the president declared martial law, but Montero's opposition would soon seize power. On June 4, 1932, Planes from El Bosque Air Base, commanded by Grove, flew over La Moneda, the president's palace. This caused Montero's government to resign, and the revolt established a junta government that consisted of General Arturo Puga Osorio, journalist and former ambassador to the United States, Carlos Davila, and socialist politician Eugenio Mate Hurtado. Air Commodore Marmaduke Grove was the war minister the República Socialista or Socialist Republic was created. This junta dissolved Ibañez's Congress, declared a moratorium on the collection of debts, and returned goods held in pawn at the government-owned Banco de Crédito Popular. Free meals were to be served daily to unemployed people, But funding soon ran out for the programs, pushing the government to order the police to raid jewelry shops and declare credits and deposits in foreign currency, property of the state. Opinion on the Socialist Republic was split. Just over a week later, the first junta was dissolved and another was established, with Puga Osorio taking the executive power. And on June 16th, Carlos Dávila seized power and formed a new junta with Alberto Cabero and Pedro Nolasco Cárdenas Aventaño, where Puga Osorio was the war minister. Dávila exiled Mate and Grove to Easter Island and accused them of being communists. He also declared a state of emergency and press censorship. On the 8th of July, Dávila declared himself provisional president of the Socialist Republic but he did not have enough support from the military or from civilians to remain in that position. On September 13th, Dávila was overthrown in a military rebellion led by Commodore Marino and General Bartolomé Blanche. Blanche ceded power to the president of the Supreme Court, Abraham Oyendel Urrutia, who held general elections in October. Arturo Alessandri Palma, who had already been president of Chile from 1920 to 1924, was elected for his second term. In his first term, Alessandri had called for the abolition of the parliamentary system, the direct election of the president, and the separation of church and state. After his second election, democracy returned to Chile. But this time, Alessandri was a strict constitutionalist. He remained president until 1938. But workers and the middle class were still dissatisfied. In that year's presidential election, radical candidate Pedro Aguirre Cerda won. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully, you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. And if you want to listen to more history you can check out the podcast Unpopular. It's the show that I host that's about people in history who challenged the status quo, and sometimes they were persecuted for it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: From BBC Radio 4,
0: Britain's biggest
1: paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
0: I thought in that moment...
1: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn
0: Hello everyone, I'm Eves, and welcome to this day in history class, a show that will convince you that history can be fascinating even when you expect it not to be. The day was June 4th, 1913. Suffragette Emily Davison was trampled by a horse at the Epsom Derby. She died four days later. The intentions of her actions leading to the accident have been a topic of debate. In 1906, Davison joined the Women's Social and Political Union. The WSPU was a militant political organization that campaigned for women's suffrage in the UK. At the time, Davison was 34 years old and worked as a governess, but she soon left her job to work for the movement full time. Davison was a devout Christian and advocated for socialism. As a feminist and suffragette, she was militant and often confrontational. She was arrested and imprisoned several times. She went to jail for the first time in 1909. After marching to see Prime Minister H.H. H. Asquith with a group led by suffragette Dora Marston, she and several other women ended up being charged with obstruction and assaulting the police. Davison was later imprisoned for throwing stones at people and setting pillar boxes on fire. While in prison, she would go on hunger strikes and was force-fed. In 1912, she jumped from a prison balcony in protest of her treatment and injured her head and vertebrae. On June 4, 1913, Davison attended the derby. She had two WSPU flags, which bore the colors purple, white, and green. She found a spot at Tattenham Corner, the last bend before the final straight. As the horses came around Tattenham Corner, Davison ducked under the railing and onto the track. When she made it onto the track, King George V's horse struck her. Davison was knocked unconscious, and the horse fell and threw off his jockey, Herbert Jones. The incident was caught on camera. Davison and Jones were taken to the hospital. Jones had a concussion and was soon sent home, but Davison never regained consciousness and died from a fracture at the base of her skull on June 8th. Davison's funeral on June 14th involved a procession of thousands of people, The WSPU pegged her as a martyr, while the media questioned her mental stability and pointed to her reputation as a militant suffragette. Opinion is divided on whether Davison intended to die or just wanted to disrupt the derby. Some historians say that she was trying to attach a flag to the horse. Other people believe that she was trying to cross the tracks, and some think that she was trying to pull the horse down. At the time, Davison was carrying a return train ticket from Epsom and had made plans with her sister for the near future. Some people point to this fact as evidence that she did not intend to die by suicide that day. When World War I broke out in 1914, WSPU founder Emmeline Pankhurst suspended the organization's militant activities and focused on recruiting women to the war effort. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions or kind words you want to send us, you can send them to iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.